Cancer Advances, a Cleveland Clinic podcast for medical professionals, exploring the latest innovative research and clinical advances in the field of oncology. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cancer Advances. I'm your host, Dr. Dale Shepard, a medical oncologist here at Cleveland Clinic overseeing our TOSIC Phase 1 and sarcoma programs. Today, I'm happy to be joined by Dr. Betty Hamilton. Dr. Hamilton is the Associate Director of the Cleveland Clinic Blood and Marrow Transplant Program. She is here today to talk to us about managing CAR T cell therapy and other cellular therapies across our cancer center programs. So uh, welcome, Betty. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So to start, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your role here at Cleveland Clinic. Sure. So as you said, I am the Associate Director of the Blood and Marrow Transplant Program here. In this role, I oversee the research and clinical operations of the program, um, and this also includes the other expanding fields of cell therapy and research trials within cell therapy. Clinically, I'm, I'm an adult transplant physician, and I specifically specialize in complications after transplant, such as graft-versus-host disease. So one of the things I guess we're going to focus on here is something called CAR T-cell therapy. So um, a lot of people may be listening in that don't really know for sure. They may have seen it, don't know what it is. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Yeah, absolutely. So um, CAR T-cell, it stands for Chimeric Antigen Receptor T-cell Therapy. It is a new type of treatment in which a patient's T-cells, which are a specific type of immune cell, are actually taken from the patient and they're actually engineered in the lab to better recognize and target specific cancer cells, typically with a, a marker that's on the cancer cell. As these T-cells are taken from a patient's blood, uh, they're taken to the lab and basically a special program or gene is inserted that then creates this special receptor that can bind to a patient's cancer cell. And so these T cells now can specifically target a patient's cancer cells. And this receptor is called chimeric antigen receptor or CAR. And these T cells or immune cells are expanded in large numbers in the lab and then are basically given back to the patient. These CAR T-cell therapies are now FDA-approved for several different types of cancers, more specifically blood cancers at this point. So what types of cancers would those be? Tell us a little bit about who might be a candidate for these. These CAR T-cell therapies are now FDA-approved for several different types of lymphomas, such as diffuse large B-cell lymphoma, follicular lymphoma, mantle cell lymphoma, it is also approved in younger patients for acute lymphoblastic leukemia. And most recently, it's been approved for a blood cancer called multiple myeloma. There are many, many actually clinical trials ongoing that are studying either CAR T cells or CAR T cell like therapies using sort of the same concept. Um, in, in, a, in other types of blood cancers, other types of acute leukemias, as well as solid tumor cancer. So cancers such as lung cancer, gynecologic cancer, skin cancers. Um, so it's a, it's a rapidly expanding field and new treatment. These have been approved exclusively in blood cancers. Why has the focus been blood cancers, not solid tumors? Maybe help us understand that. A lot of these blood cancer cells do have specific markers that are present on the cells, and those markers can basically provide a nice target 
to allow for that immune cell to recognize. Although this is where the initial research has been and thus led to the FDA approval, it is also expanding in solid tumors. So in those types of um, cancers, it's not necessarily called CAR T-cell. Um, there are now these therapies that we call TIL therapy, which tumor infiltrating lymphocytes. So in which we actually can take a piece of the tumor um, and identify specific proteins or markers in that tumor to then allow for the production of immune cells to target those specific cancer cells. So kind of same, same type of approach, but a little bit different for those solid tumors. And there can be a lot of different markers, but all of this is sort of going on the concept of a sort of more targeted and personalized approach to treating cancer. This truly is personalized because you're taking part of the patient's tumor to, to come up with a therapy. So unlike chemotherapy, everyone gets the same sort of drugs. Is there some thought that this could move away from that and become more generalized, um, sort of off the shelf, I guess is the expression sometimes used, therapies? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. So there are, um, while CAR T-cell therapy has um, been very effective and, and obviously, again, its use is, is, is expanding, um, it does require, which sometimes leads to some logistical challenges, for us to collect the patient's cancer cells or um, tumor cells. And it, there is a process in sort of creating these CAR T cells or new therapy. So that process can take some, some weeks. And as you had mentioned, these off-the-shelf therapies, a lot of these cancer cells kind of share similar targets. And so if there is treatment and, and trials ongoing that are studying basically taking immune cells that are targeted to specific targets that are shared among many cancer cells. And those types of cells are much easily readily available. So we're talking about using immune cells and um, oftentimes patients will come in and they're, when they see me, I'm a solid tumor oncologist, they're looking for immunotherapy. So how does the therapies you're offering to your patients in terms of CAR T, T cells and cellular therapies how does that differ than what I'm being asked about in terms of immunotherapies, like checkpoint inhibitors and things like that? Sure. So great question. They do overlap a little bit because what they share is that it is a immune based therapy with some of the drugs that you had mentioned, like checkpoint inhibitors. Those are drugs that um, basically go in and, and try to, I guess, enhance the immune effect in, in a patient's body. In cellular therapy or immunocellular therapy, we're actually taking the patient's specific immune cells that they already have in them and engineering those immune cells to then target the cancer cells. So we're actually taking their immune cells, manipulating them uh, to better zone in or target cancer cells. So these CAR-T therapies, are the advantages primarily with better responses or with improved durability of response? Is there an element of both? How do they, how, what are the advantages to some of the more traditional therapies? You know, cancer therapy historically has been based on traditional chemotherapy, um, which unfortunately is not very 
specifically targeted towards cancer cells that can kill healthy cells as well as the cancer cells. Um, CAR T cells, of course, as we just discussed, they can target these cancer cells with a bit more precision. And these CAR T cell therapies, which have been approved and are have um, and are being studied currently, they're in both blood cancers and solid tumors that unfortunately have been quite refractory to other historic agents. So, you know, these other chemotherapy agents have really failed to treat the tumor or cancer cell. And so this is a really refractory patient population that otherwise doesn't have a lot of treatment options. And it's been actually quite revolutionary because the CAR T cell therapies really have demonstrated uh, success and efficacy in patients with long lasting duration. Now, of course, you know, it's not a perfect therapy, so it's not effective for everyone. Um, but that is also an ongoing area of research in determining, you know, who are the patients who don't respond and why do they not respond? What does this look like for a patient? So you, uh, you obviously do a lot of transplants and transplants patients come in and they get really intense therapy and really long recoveries. And you mentioned some of the complications you treat as well. How does this differ? How is it similar? How does it differ? What does it look like for a patient to get something like this? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a little bit of overlap, but it is also different. So as as part of um, CAR T cell therapy, what happens first is that we do collect um, the immune cells or the T cells from a patient first. And as I had briefly mentioned before, it can take about three to four weeks to manufacture these T cells so that they have the CAR or the receptor engineered into them. Um, once that process is complete and those cells are made and expanded, they come back to us at our center. The patient does undergo a little bit of chemotherapy. Um, it is not very intensive chemotherapy, but the point of that chemotherapy is basically to suppress the patient's immune system a little bit to make sure that they're not going to reject or have any sort of reaction to the engineered T cells coming back in. And after that chemotherapy, we infuse those CAR T cells into it just by an IV. And we monitor for about a week, if, um, sometimes a little bit less, sometimes a little bit more for any side effects that might happen. In particular, there are two main side effects that we monitor for. One is called cytokine release syndrome, and the other one is the neurologic type of syndrome. So in the beginning, when we first started these CAR T cell therapies, we did admit most of our patients, these lymphoma patients in particular. And again, the admission could be anywhere from a week to a couple weeks, depending on some of the side effects. But more and more of these CAR T cell therapies are becoming actually safer and uh, it's capable of doing them outpatient. Uh, so many of these therapies are now being offered outpatient as well. So remember, as these were being developed, certainly there was concern about the neurologic effects, for instance. Is that less of a concern more because of changes in the therapy or our ability to support the patients? I think a little bit of both. We are now much, much more aware of you know, what those symptoms look like and how to treat them, which is typically steroids, and, and those symptoms typically resolve with high-dose steroids. But also a number of these therapies are becoming basically safer in terms of side effect profile. There's less side effects. We can basically monitor as an outpatient and, and perform these therapies as an outpatient. 
You mentioned things like graft versus host disease that certainly could be a really debilitating problem after transplants. Any long-term impact from CAR-T therapies that we're aware of? We're still learning a little bit about that in terms of what the long-term side effects are in patients who either develop that cytokine release or neurologic symptoms. We aren't aware of any sort of late sequelae of that or long-term side effects of that. You know, once it resolves, it tends to resolve. There are things that we're learning more about that how the immune system recovers. So sometimes patients do have some low blood counts that can last for a little while. And there's parts of their immune cells that take a while to fully recover. So again, sort of determining the differences between patient to patient and how their immune system recovers is something we're still learning about. Certainly from a transplant standpoint, that's a much more intense therapy. Um, and there's certainly patients that aren't, they're, they're not candidates for transplant. Any similar concerns with CAR-T therapies? Are there patients that may have the right type of cancer, but just aren't good candidates? And what are some of those characteristics? Yeah, so I think one of the biggest differences for our group when we were starting to use a lot of these CAR-T cell therapies in transplant, as you said, a lot of our patients, they have to be in remission from their disease and they have to um, be in very good shape and, and have a good functional status. With CAR T cell therapy, the actual therapy is, is fairly well tolerated. And actually, you know, you have to actually have active disease at the time. So coming in for treatment, patients can actually be quite sick. That's a big difference for our group sort of taking care of these patients, knowing that and, and getting used to that. But there's certainly different qualifications because we recognize that with a lot of these blood cancers, patients can get quite sick. But the reason why we're doing the CAR T-cell therapy is because they still have active refractory disease. So either within CAR T-cells or within other cellular therapies, you mentioned TILS. What do, you, what do you find most interesting as you look forward in terms of new therapies? Really just the expansion of all of these cell therapies into all of the different diseases and making them personalized and targeted and as you had mentioned, sort of the off-the-shelf therapy, so making it easier, basically more accessible also. Um, you know, one of the challenges of CAR T-cell therapy, as I sort of alluded to, is that these patients come in with active refractory disease. And, you know, we have to be able to control the disease just enough for all that time to make the CAR T-cell therapy. So having a product that is still targeted, is still personalized, but is readily available is something that is really promising. And it's just from transplant to CAR T-cell for lymphoma to all of these other indications it's really not just stem cells. It's not just lymphocytes. It's all different types of immune cells that people are studying and manipulating to basically make it more effective and more safe. So as you talk about expansion, maybe we'll talk for a, a couple of minutes here. I think one of the, the big successes that um, we sometimes have here at the clinic is our ability to collaborate well together. And I think one of the things you've done really well is help with organizing the cellular therapy assist team. Um, so as we expand into other indications and in solid tumors, tell me a little bit about that and let us know kind of what you're doing from that standpoint. Yeah, sure. As you mentioned, we have this, what we call CAT team, our cellular therapy assist team. Um, 
I always kind of like to say or joke that in blood and marrow transplant, we are sort of the original cellular therapy or immunotherapy. Um, Unfortunately, we are not as sort of targeted or personalized, uh, which is what is so exciting about cell therapy. But we have a lot of expertise in not only the logistics of collecting, infusing, side effects, complications of cell therapy products, um, but also collaborating, like you said, with other groups. So we have a big umbrella where we work with and oversee things like our apheresis unit or our cell processing unit, the blood bank, all of these groups that are important to making sure the success and and safety of cell therapy products. And as the cell therapy field expands and immunocellular therapy expands, you know, there are a lot of of different diseases involved and they may not be as familiar as the logistics of the cell therapy and some of the potential challenges as well as the clinical care and complications that we might expect from cell therapy. So we basically created this group to help assist and support other disease groups in performing these clinical trials. So we have our BMT team. We do have a dedicated cat nurse, research nurse, and a dedicated cat research coordinator. And all of the resources that BMT does have, like I mentioned, apheresis and and cell processing. And we basically help different disease research groups, you know, review the protocol, identify challenges, questions, and basically help you know, move the protocol along and help care for the patients and and identify potential complications and and things like that. We're hoping to, you know, streamline this process to allow for, you know, good collaboration between groups. Now that being on the solid tumor side and we get these protocols that look interesting, but we may not know the pitfalls or feasibilities. And so it's been very helpful to, to be able to work with you guys. Any other gaps? What what's going to make the difference? Anything else that you see as is a is a real need to move the field forward? Yeah, I mean, I think learning how one accessibility, you know, it, making the treatment available in a timely fashion. I think that's one of the issues. Determining, you know, who are the responders and not responders expanding it to all the different diseases actually. For example, in acute myeloid leukemia, a lot of these Treatments are focused on lymphoid diseases and blood cancers. And, you know, when you start targeting other cells, you kind of have potential complications. But, you know, finding ways to work around that um, and finding the right personalized target and precise target. And then, again, accessibility. You know, these treatments are expensive. They come with quite a cost. And, you know, I think those are things that we're all sort of working on and, and, and trying to figure out. And I guess when you say accessibility, it's not only cost and things like that, but I'm guessing most of this is being done at larger centers just because of all the support that's required. Yes, absolutely. So it, it, it does require a multidisciplinary team. Um, so these CAR T cell therapies are primarily available at large, what called tertiary care centers or, you know, large referral centers, um, because it does take a lot of um, organization and resources to do. Very good. Well, I thank you for your insight today on uh, CAR T cell therapies and cellular therapies and appreciate all you're doing to help with expand that into other areas. 
Thanks for being with us today. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. This concludes this episode of Cancer Advances. You will find additional podcast episodes on our website, clevelandclinic.org slash canceradvancespodcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget, you can access real-time updates from Cleveland Clinic's Cancer Center experts on our Consult QD website at consultqd.clevelandclinic.org cancer. Thank you for listening. Please join us again soon.